only buy something that you will be perfectly happy to hold if the market shuts down for 10 years. Warren Buffett. Welcome to the Living at Your Finest podcast, a podcast devoted to helping communities of color to live at your finest holistic health by being empowered to nourish your bodies, mind, and spirit so you can flourish as a whole vibrant and healthy champion. I'm your host, Dr. Babalola, aka Dr. Babs. I'm a board-certified family physician, lifestyle medicine, and obesity medicine specialist, and the blessed founder of my holistic wellness company called Living at Your Finest, where I serve as a wellness strategist. Have you struggled with your holistic health, body, mind, and spirit? Maybe manifesting true ways of chronic fatigue, being discouraged, or just feeling disconnected? Imagine constantly being whole, vibrant, and healthy with information that can transform your life and allow you to triumph holistically? Well, search no more. This podcast is just for you. Together, we can triumph in this journey of holistic health as my guest and I share lessons learned from our personal health journeys using the principles of lifestyle medicine in an exciting framework, fun, fundamental, and faith-based. So I hope you're ready for some candid dialogue. Greetings, Living at Your Finest Health Champions. Welcome back to the Living at Your Finest podcast show. Glad to be back as your host as always. How is the going? I hope all is well. Thanks so much for tuning in. I do value your time and engagement. I am super excited about this riveting episode because we are going to explore the relationship between health and wealth. Is it possible to have one without the other or is one more important than the other? Well, my special guest, Dr. Alicia Young, is going to help us answer these questions. Give me an opportunity to introduce her. Dr. Alicia Young is a board-certified ophthalmologist. She is a life and money coach and the founder of Wealthy Mindset, where she serves as a coach. And she helps healthcare providers to master their money mindset so that they can build wealth and practice medicine on their own terms. Isn't that amazing? We need more uh, coaches that deal with mindset when it really relates to our money and how we spend it. So I'm really excited. I know there's so much I'm going to learn and you will learn. So without further ado, let us give a warm welcome to Dr. Young to the Living at Your Finest podcast show. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Yes, I am super excited because, you know, when it comes to health, I, I see a holistic view to health and it's not just what we eat, but it's also how we interact with our finances, how we interact with our environment. So I, I really appreciate you coming on today to share your wealth of knowledge. But before we get to that, I really am curious, how does an ophthalmologist become a wealthy mindset coach? Can you share a little bit of how you took into that interest? So I took into um, the interest of investing and personal finances actually really early on. I did a medical science training program, an MD PhD program, which you know was on average eight years, and I did it in eight years. And because it's so long, and I went uh, and did in Case Western Reserve in Cleveland, Ohio, which has a relatively low cost of living. So a lot of MD PhD students actually buy uh, you know their own home, a primary residence, because it is an eight-year on average program. 
And so I really started delving into personal finances when I was looking at buying a home and getting a mortgage and figuring all that out. And so that's how it first started. I started reading about personal finance and I started reading about investing. Um, And actually, my parents had me start um, contributing to a Roth IRA right after I graduated undergrad. So I worked for a year while I was applying for med school. And so I actually learned that, um, you know, you have to actually invest the money in the Roth IRA. Um, they didn't actually explain that part. So I had just put money in and was just sitting in cash. And then I was like, oh, wait, no, this is supposed to be invested so that this is for my retirement way down the line. And so I really just started um, really delving into the financial aspects. And then actually during my grad school years, in retrospect, I that was the first time I kind of faced burnout. And I started reading more about investing and um, I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And so I really got interested in doing real estate. And so I actually uh, did some real estate investing. I actually flipped two houses. And so that finance, investing, you know, wealthy mindset, that all really grew at that point. I went back to med school. um, And at first, as I was going through the third year rotations, I was like, oh, I wouldn't want to do this. I wouldn't want to do this. And so I was even thinking more like, okay, maybe I'm just going to like be a real estate investor. But then I actually really (laughs) loved ophthalmology and I loved my residency. I did fellowship. I love fellowship. And so it's just uh, that. So it wasn't that an ophthalmologist became a a money coach so much as I think the money came first. And then, you know, I had a love of ophthalmology and um, and of course, being a physician, we are lucky to have, you know, high enough incomes to have money to invest. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Thanks for sharing that. That's journey. Uh, it's and, and I say kudos to your parents. That That is amazing that, you know, they say that there's a lot that parents can impact on their kids and, and wealth is one of them, just how to invest. I I recall when I was in medical school, my mom also used to tell me, make sure you save your money. But that was as good as she said. There was nothing about investment, (laughs) investing your money, but at least save and not spend all your money. So I I really do applaud your parents that they they taught you that at, at a young age. Um, and reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad, that is also a book that I read, and it definitely opened my eyes to so much more that we can do. So it's not just about our career field, but what other gifts do we have that we can, you know, uh, whether we want to monetize it or we want to enhance it so that we can make a better difference in our lives and in our communities. So I think that is really impactful. So I would like to switch gears and, and ask you about how you see the relationship between health and wealth. How does it affect just human interaction depending on their mindset? So can you share some light to that? Yeah. So, I mean, it does cost money to be healthy to some extent, right? Getting fresh fruits and vegetables costs more than, you know, getting inexpensive calories in our, you know, current state. So, you know, you can get like, you know, fast food, which is really unhealthy, but really high calories, much cheaper than you can get like fresh fruits and vegetables and eating salads and really, you know, fueling yourself with like good, healthy foods. Um, You know, it doesn't have to be expensive to do regular exercise. Luckily, you know, you can certainly do good exercise uh, routines, even at home, just, uh, you know, with your own uh, kinematics, you know, push-ups, sit-ups, using your own weight as weight and running outside. Um, So, you know, that's beneficial that that doesn't take a lot. But if you do have a health condition, you know, going to see uh, the doctor, going, uh, taking, um, 
medications, unfortunately, a lot of medications can be quite expensive. And depending on your health insurance, you may, you know, be on the line for quite a bit for that. And that all uh, takes no money to actually buy all those things as well. So, you know, depending on, you know, what, what you, what your uh, circumstances for your health conditions, it certainly takes money in order to um, be healthy. And of course, if you do have a chronic health condition and you do have to regularly go to the doctor, that might mean taking off work. And depending on your job, do you have like sick time rolled in? Like how much uh, sick time do they allow you to actually take off to Uh, go to doctor's appointments. You know, I had a job once, you know, as a physician where we have, we actually got a lot of sick time, um, you know, uh, that accrued over time, but we could only take off um, nine hours a year to go to actual doctor's appointments, Mm -hmm. which is crazy, right? Because I work for a hospital where, you know, they should have a vested interest in our health. And yet they weren't, you know, we could take off three hours, three times to go to doctor's appointments. Well, if you think about the average woman, you've got your annual exam with your, um, you know, internist or family medicine doctor. Um, you may have another exam with your OBGYN. And if you have any health condition at all that you need to be seen for at least once a year, then there's that. And then you think about just like dentist appointments, right? That's yeah. twice a year. So yeah. that's already like, you know, middle, I mean, if, even if just look at the dentist, your internist and your OBGYN, like that's four visits a year already. So, you know, that policy just doesn't really make sense. Yeah, yeah. You, I mean, you couldn't have said it better. There is a quote that I always remind myself of and I share with my, my kids. Wealth is the ability to fully experience life. So we need to. So it's not one better than the other, but they both need the, it's it's multi-directional, right? So if you if if you don't have the wealth, then how are you going to provide the things, the essentials that you need, right? And vice versa. So we definitely need wealth to be able to ex- experience um a full life. So can you share with us with some of your experience, where do we start for us to live at our finest? And we talk about holistic finances is definitely one of it. But what if they, you know, someone, our listener, someone tells you, well, I don't know where to start. I'm not really a saver. I make only so much. Um, how, how, how am I going to invest this? Can you share some tips and, and, and tools that they can start off with that can get them to that wealthy mindset? Because I do know that it's not, you don't have to make so much money to be wealthy. Meanwhile, there are people that make a ton of money and they don't have that healthy mindset that will finish all that money, right? Is that correct? Yeah, that's very true. It's not what you make, it's what you keep. It's what you keep. So please share with us, how can we tailor our mindset to a place of abundance, right? No matter how little it's, because again, there's a broad spectrum of all of us. You cater to health professionals, and there might be some people that say, oh, well, I'm not a doctor, but I still want to save. I still want to make it better, and I still want to have a wealthy mindset. Can you please share some tips with us on how to get started? Yeah, so number one, I think, is really spend towards your values, and don't spend to keep up with the Jones or what other people think right? So if you're spending because you are avoiding embarrassment or you're Mm. avoiding, um, you know, what people will say or what people will think, then that's not really spending on your values, right? Um, So 
really think about like, what do you value? If you're valuing your health, then yes, you certainly want to spend money on healthy food and, you know, going to the physician, like we talked about earlier, you know, if you value time with family, well, what does that really mean? You know, that does not necessarily mean, you know, expensive travel or, um, but, you know, how could you have like great experiences without necessarily spending a lot of money, right? What is the core of what you're trying to get at? You know, you may value good food, but that doesn't necessarily mean you have to go to fancy restaurants. In fact, there are a lot of great hole-in-the-wall restaurants, right? Family restaurants that have amazing food that, you know, don't cost as much as, you know, your, you know, five-star French restaurants. And I've even had amazing, you know, meals at a French restaurant. In fact, there's a French restaurant in Chicago that they have an amazing deal, I think on Tuesdays where you got a three course meal for like, I want to say $25, but don't, don't quote me. And I'm sure it's changed because that was back when I was a resident. Um, But, you know, it was, it was an amazing meal and deal. And so maybe, you know, instead of dining out on Saturday night, you go out on a Tuesday night. So there are a lot of ways where you you can still have the experiences and the enjoyment without you know, spending necessarily as much money to, to get the same thing. That, that's valuable because I, I know I've heard, I mean, towards graduation from medical school and even residency, the, the, we had instructors that would come and tell us, spend less than you're going to make. You're going to be making this, you know, six figure, but make sure you spend far less, right? Invest intelligently and I, I guess there's some there's some truth to that. And it doesn't mean you shouldn't have good experiences, but based on what you're saying, make it towards your values and find ways to be smart about it, right? So just the same way they tell us, you know, don't work harder, work smarter. So it's the same thing that applies with our money, I suppose, right? That it doesn't mean you can't have those great experiences, but find ways that you can tailor it towards your values and you don't have to do it because your next door neighbor is doing it and you're trying to impress them. That, that, that definitely is very valuable. And I know that it, it has helped me over the years um, to, to tailor things towards my value and ultimately having that wealthy mindset. Now, of course, it varies from people to people, like you said. If some, there are some people that would just spend all their money on sport wares, <laughs> sport gears, right? They go from buying one bike to the other or buying just a lot of sports because that's where their values are. And then they save on other aspects. And and that's totally okay. I guess that you just have to do that inner check and see where you want to, to save your money. Now, speaking about savings, though, how do you suggest, because there's several rule of thoughts out there about having an emergency fund, whether it's three to eight months or whenever you get money, how much of it should go into savings and how much of it should be spent. Can you enlighten us on how your, what your best practices are? Because again, it's all about not being stressful about our money, right? So we can be healthy and we can have strong minds and not have mental issues towards our feel, our money. So can you, can you share your thoughts and on that approach? What's the best way to approach how we disperse our monies? Yeah. So one thing I do recommend is to set up systems so that you don't constantly have to make decisions on how much you're going to save and invest. So the best thing is actually to automate it. If you're a W-2 employee who gets a regular paycheck, um, you know, most places you set up direct deposit. Well, most places you can actually set up direct deposit into multiple accounts. It doesn't have to just go to one account. So, you know, you can go ahead and 
you know, put aside, if you're trying to build up your emergency fund, decide how much money in, from each paycheck you want to go to the emergency fund and set up a bank account that's just your emergency fund. So now tell your employer, okay, you want, you know, this amount of your paycheck to go to that account and then the rest of your paycheck to go to for your normal expenditures. I mean, and just like when you're funding your retirement account, right? That also should just come out of your paycheck and go to your company's you know, 403B or 401k um, or whatever your company has. Hopefully they have something. <laughs> and if they don't, and you're putting it into um, a independent um uh, like an IRA, then just have it automatically sent from your paycheck to the brokerage where your IRA is at. That way you're not having to think every time and remember, okay, I need a transfer this money. It's just all automatic. And you will learn to just adapt to the amount of money that's in your bank account. And that's what you have to spend. Yes. I I, I love it. Systems. <laughs> I'm, I'm all about systems. Anything that will take the brain work out of it. Because if you leave it to us, we're all busy, right? You would forget and then you would miss a month. And before you know it, it become like, you know, maybe I can skip this month and I can start next month or the month after. So definitely um, systems is great. Would you say that there's a particular percentage though that you would say you would want redrawn? Or is it just really based on that individual and what their values and their needs? Is, it, how, is there a certain percentage or how, how do you address that? I would say for retirement, a minimum of 10 percent of your gross income. Okay. And if you start young, 10% is probably enough. If you always do 10% of your gross income throughout your entire life and you're working, then you know that should be sufficient. But if you're starting later in life, then you may need to do 20%. If you want to retire early, you probably want to do a higher percentage. Okay. Um, you know, some people how doing um, like, so there's that movement of fire financial independence, retire early. Uh, that was first um, brought into light in 1992 from the book, um, Your Money or Your Life, or maybe it's Your Life or Your Money. It's one of the two. <laughs> but um, in that book, I think they actually were uh, suggesting a 70% savings and investment rate, which is kind of crazy. I think that's yeah, even crazy that's for anybody. Yeah. So yeah, okay, 70%, that, that would be quite a bit. I, I tell my kids, although they fuss at me, that Whenever, you know, they get money, um, they do a job and they get paid, they should always save at least 50% of it, at least put half away in saving. And then you get the other half to do whatever else you want to do with it. I don't know. Is, is that, does that sound like a good parenting advice? I mean, no, if you, 50% you tell is me, great, especially your kids aren't paying for things like rent or food or any right, of that. Right. right. Okay. Um, so I, you know, I, I think 50% is great. And, you know, if you can stay at 50%, so, uh, you know, for physicians, when you go from a resident salary to your attending salary, it's yeah. a huge jump up. Right. Yeah. So if you can try to save 50% of your attending salary in the beginning and put that towards your student loans and investing, like you're really going to put yourself in a good place and just slowly grow into your attending income because, you know, it's always easier to start spending more. It's much harder to cut back. So start early, start young, start early, pretty much is what we're hearing, right? Develop those systems, focus towards your values. Those are key, key points there. Any other suggestions on budgeting and versus spending. Uh, I know that you talked about, alluded to how the money is dispersed each time you get your check, but in terms of budget, so how do you recommend, um, again, we always say 
have time for self-care and part of self-care so for some people it's vacation right and at the same time they're trying to save so do you have any suggestions as to okay yes yeah, self-care but self-care doesn't have to be expensive there are ways to um, schedule your self-care in seasons you know that I've heard that there are times to book flights <laughs> tickets that are less expensive than other periods so would that be some of the strategies that you advise um, your clients to use that will help them have that wealthy mindset and still enjoy life and not feel like they're being deprived right yeah you don't want to feel like you're being deprived and then I think when you spend on your values you will feel less like you're being deprived I mean a great example is you know cars and houses right so you know, what do you really need a car for? Do you love driving your car or is it just a place for you to get it from point A to point B mm. in reasonable comfort, right? Do you really need to be driving like an Audi or a Mercedes Benz? <laughs> Some people or, will say yes. <laughs> right, but what's that really giving you and what are you giving up by having that? And if that's really what your value is, you have a long commute, you love that, you know, the, the luxuries of that car. But, you know, I know that as an attending, I started looking at attending cars and I ended up buying a Honda Civic. Now I bought a higher end Honda Civic. It has leather seats so that, yeah. you know, it, it has the butt warmer, which is necessary for me. Yeah. <laughs> and I live in a cold climate in Cleveland. So that yeah. was definitely a luxury I, I wanted, but, you know, it's a reliable car. And you know, I think actually, you know, it looks perfectly nice. And, you know, the little extra luxuries of that were in the Audi, um, just didn't justify the price tag. Now, um, to get to your other point of traveling, like, you know, I love to travel. I love international travel. I actually paid for my first um, international travel when I was a junior in undergrad college. I went to France, wow. right? And this was not money that my parents gave me. This is money that I saved through working. Amazing. So it is, you know, possible to do that now. When we stayed at hostels, it was really, you know, ex inexpensive way we did it. Like, but we 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 went to museums. We took the train. Um, you know, we got the the student pass, um, and you no, know, paid it. Uh, it was me and my boyfriend, who's now my husband, and we paid it from you know completely our own uh, funds. Um, and you know, throughout med school, residency, fellowship, you know, I did international trips. You know, there's certainly places that you can go where it's a little less expensive, um, but have an amazing time. So, but yeah, you're absolutely right. I like what you said about when you spend on your values that you don't feel like you're being deprived. That that was just profound there. So it's so important for our listeners to pay attention to the fact that health is wealth, wealth is health, and we need to have a holistic approach and have a mindset that. I can do this, but you just have to have those systems, like you said, in place that enables us to do it. Thank you so much for joining me on this week's episode of the Living at Your Finest podcast. My hope is that as you have been informed, you will be transformed as you take actionable steps to triumph at Living at Your Finest, body, mind, and spirit. You'll be whole, vibrant, and healthy champion. For more in-depth content on best practices to ensure that you live at your finest daily, please join me on Facebook and YouTube. 
at the Living at Your Finest with Dr. Babs, where we can learn together. Hashtag healthier together. Friendly reminder to subscribe on iTunes if you haven't done so already. Share the podcast within your circle of influence and please leave a review. I'd love to hear from you. On another note, my goal in this podcast show is to empower, educate, and encourage you to live at your finest. The words and other content provided here, either by me or by my guest, are not intended as medical advice and do not reflect those of the organizations that we are employed or affiliated with. Always consult your healthcare provider for your specific needs. Now let's get back to today's episode. Well, I'm really having a great time learning from you, but we want to know more about you as a person. So we're going to shift gears and I want to just ask you some questions. You know, this is the Living at Your Finest podcast show and we want to find out what do you do to live at your finest day to day? Uh, We know that you're... um, wealthy mindset coach, but can you share with us exactly how does that manifest itself from day to day that helps you live at your finest? Yeah. So one thing I do every day is, you know, I actually review my goals. Okay. Um, So um, I think that helps me like, you know, push forward and remember like, you know, what do I want? Um, so that I'm not looking at myself a year from now and being like, you know, still in the same place. Mm-hmm. I think part of the human condition is growth. Um, I spend uh, time journaling. Um, I do that at least once a week and sometimes more often, depending on, you know, what's going on in life. And, um, and, and I get coaching myself. Um, oh, nice. So nice. I think that, you know, I think any, any life coach who's really worth their while is getting some kind of coaching themselves because, you know, even, um, you know, even I will have like mental drama and sometimes, you know, you can do, I can do self-coaching, but sometimes it really <laughs> just takes a impartial person looking at yeah. your thoughts to really put you back in, in the right place. Oh, yes. um, regular exercise, certainly uh, trying to go for at least three times a week. Um, I'm better about it when it's nice outside because, you know, <laughs> I like to bike and, and run and uh, go hiking outside um, when the weather's not so great. Going to the gym is um, a little bit more of, a, I mean, I don't mind it once I get there, but it's, it's not as exciting as <laughs> it, going to the park the get, or going for it, a bike. It is the getting there. That, <laughs> that is the issue. It's getting yeah. to the gym, right? Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. That, that's great. And also just having quality time with my husband. I think, you know, every, uh, you know, dinner time is, Mm -hmm. I mean, essentially sacred, not to say like sometimes doesn't happen, but, you know, most nights we have dinner together. It's same time every night. Sometimes it might move depending on other activities, Um, but we, you know, sit down and have dinner and that's our time to talk and catch up with each other and. Nice. That's, that's certainly a great way to live at your finest. That's great. Well, can you share with us what is one word that describes you then? If there is one word, I know that might seem difficult too. <laughs> well, one of the questions that we um, will put in the leverage and growth uh, community is what do you say is your superpower? And I would say my superpower is discipline. So, you know, I'm really good at if, you know, I say, say I'm going to do it, that it's going to get done. If I put on my calendar, this is the time I'm going to do it. I follow my calendar and um, yeah. Impressive. That's impressive. (laughs) That's really great. Being disciplined is definitely a skill, especially in this world where, you know, it's busy. 
all sorts of things come at you. So I applaud you for that. Thanks for sharing that. So one more question before I give you an opportunity to share how, you know, our listeners can get in touch with you and tapping, you know, your services. Do you have like a favorite quote or affirmation that you would like to share with us? And of course, it can be in the real estate or money, just something that we can take with us and help us to do better with our finances. Because again, we want to be well-grounded individuals that are healthy enough to spend the money, make enough money (laughs) to spend as well. So the number one thought, so I have these like um, thoughts and you can say that are kind of like affirmations that I, I read through every day. So the number one is I can accomplish anything I set my mind to. Nice. That's lovely. That definitely is reassurance on a daily basis. And I like that you do journal. It really helps when you put it down on paper. It solidifies what what the thoughts are. Thank you so much for sharing those with us. Well, I want to give you an opportunity. Please share with us how can the listeners get in touch with you, learn more about what you're doing, and feel free to share with us if you have anything new, you know, in line, any project so that we can keep in touch. Yeah. So best way to reach me is to go to my website, www.growyourwealthymindset.com. There are links to all my social media there. I'm on Facebook, Instagram. I do have a YouTube channel where I put up videos every week and sometimes a little bit more often. And I do also have a workbook on how to calculate uh, um, your path to financial independence. Uh, So you can find that on the website. I do do some free group coaching sessions. So if you go to the website, you can find out when the next one of those are as well. Fantastic. So listeners, you you have it all. The resources are available. We can't say we don't know how to proceed with our finances. We have it all available. So thank you so much. Just impacting us with, with your skills, with your expertise. And we've learned a lot and I found it very valuable. Thanks so much for your time. Oh, thanks for having me. All right. So to my communities of health champions, thank you for hanging out till the end. I hope that not only have you gathered this information, it's inspired you so that you can implement. All right. Grab that work workbook. Go ahead. Check her out. Dr. Young and her YouTube channel. Follow her. She has tons of great advice. Um, I already subscribed to her YouTube channel. So please follow her and make sure that we all remember that we deserve to live at our finest, right? Because we're worth it every day holistic picture of health and wealth it all matters and we can do it so until next time take care and god bless